0: Thank you all for checking out this week's episode. Once again, I'm John. If you like what you heard and saw today, subscribe to our YouTube channel, find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and check out our brand new merch store with hats, coffee mugs, t-shirts, other cool stuff coming down the pipeline. Again, thank you all for support. Be safe and see you next week. How's it going everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. And once again, uh, we get to welcome our good friend, Andrea Crosta to the show. Uh, Andrea is the founder and creator of Earth League International. Uh, you've seen him and his company on uh, two of the best—I would say—two of the best documentaries in the human or animal trafficking game: uh, *The Ivory Game* on Netflix, *Sea of Shadows* on Hulu. Uh, and I, I do want to say the, the what's happening on the world right now. I was last week I was going through a bunch of news articles and stuff, and I actually went back and watched *Sea of Shadows*, which I want to talk about again. And I everything that's happening right now. In the world as it pertains to say something like the the oil issue uh with gas or open borders no matter what country you're in and not to get political but when events like this that affect the global level i started thinking well people like andrea and earth league they're still trying to fight animal trafficking whether it's a pandemic or not a pandemic and with something like gas how much is like the oil stuff going on right now or open borders how much does that have an effect on your operations It doesn't affect the bad guys at the same time.
1: Yeah, so the bad guys are not really affected. Honestly, Um, you know, they're being a criminal means uh, you know, be creative and adapt to problems, and and you know, so they're very, very flexible. They went through pandemic. They made money through the pandemic. So we were in contact. uh, in the past two years, with some of the most important uh, environmental criminals in the world, the wildlife traffickers, uh, during our intelligence gathering and you know undercover operations, and they just change, you know, they they just adapt. Okay, you cannot send the stuff anymore uh, with a mule, but do it. Uh, but on the on the plus side, uh, um, uh, most of the <coughs> customs office around the world were understaffed because of the pandemic; they were not checking anything, so. There is great, right? So, <clears throat> from their point of view, I don't see any any big difference. Um, from our point of view, of course, we were able to travel a little less, although we were operational throughout the pandemic. Um, small NGOs like uh, like like us uh, suffer, of course. Uh, uh, so, all these global crises, uh, one one effect is to uh, is to. Is to basically make fundraising really, really difficult uh, because all of a sudden the attention of everyone uh, is uh, is captured by something else, which is maybe much bigger, of course. Right. Uh, so first you have uh, pandemic and wars and this and that. So when you approach uh, a potential donor, <clears throat> even with you know for for a very important operation um, like uh, like what the, the the things that we do in the field, uh, um, they are often distracted by rightfully so of course i'm not i mean it's not as difficult to right what we are seeing now in these days on tv you 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 know you are not allowed to complain about anything that's my personal opinion but yeah um, but it's it makes it makes things complex on top of the fact that uh, what we do is already complex to explain uh we we focus a lot on the convergence of environmental crime with other serious crimes, especially human human smuggling and money laundering and narco trafficking. So it's already a very complicated pitch in general. <laughs> to-
0: one of in one of the articles I saw, I think it came out last week, I don't know if it was Newsweek or something like that, where they had this correlation and basically what we talked about last time, when you kind of just hinted to this correlation of animal trafficking. Uh, say, with the the uh, tortubas and the vaquitas and all that stuff the, through the Mexican cartels, then tied into China with the drug trade. Uh, it, it was this very interesting how I guess you never realize. And I, again, I know you talked about this before, but I think it's important that people realize that while you're maybe combating, going after stopping poachers for jaguars or uh, the shark fins and stuff like that, these crimes, these cartels and smugglers are doing are tied into a much bigger thing as well, whether it's drugs or human trafficking. And I found the article very, it was refreshing because it felt very more mainstream as opposed to having to search for something like Earth International or have the chance to watch a documentary on it. And I thought it was super powerful that maybe, just maybe, with the pandemic and stuff clearing up, that people can start focusing on these other issues too that have been going on the whole time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we are trying to explain uh, that uh, with you know with data coming from the field, so it's it's uh, you know first hand uh, information that uh, at the very top of the um, of environmental crime and wildlife trafficking, you find uh, individuals uh, who have their hands into everything, uh, and and everything becomes a commodity. Doesn't matter if it's shark fins, jaguar parts, people, anything, and uh, this, of course, complicates a little bit the whole, the whole thing and raise the bar of, you know, of, the, of, the, of the professionality that is needed to go after these people. But at the same time, offers an opportunity to attack these networks and these traffickers with new tools, using new laws. Uh, I call it, uh, uh, you know, for example, we have been working a lot in the Americas in the past uh, f- uh, five years. So South America, Central America, and North America. And we have uh, identified around uh, 22, 23 different trafficking networks um, and a total of 70 individuals, of which uh, at least uh, 30, we think they are the most important wildlife traffickers in the world. So they do all kinds of stuff. And they, uh, they are able to put together um, two containers of sharpens every month. Uh, they at the same time, they are able to offer you illegal timber, uh, 300 jaguar fangs in one meeting, which is 75 animals. And at the same time, they explain you how they uh, smuggle people, Asian workers into the United States and make around half a million dollars a month, and how they launder 70 million dollars a year. Yes. You know, using other bad actors, you know, help, helping, sorry, other bad actors to launder the money. So this is what the top, the, the highest level of environmental crime looks like. And, uh, and, and it's our focus, of course, this. So it goes without saying that if you, if you are operating below this level, they don't care about you honestly. It's it's like back in the days, asking Pablo Escobar, oh wow, they arrested 200 people for drugs in Los Angeles. He he couldn't care less. Uh, But this is how we are fighting environmental crime now. Everyone is obsessed with the little fish, with the poachers, with the illegal fishermen. And this is a gigantic mistake because they are as exploited as the commodity they are are getting. Um, You know, you... You offer someone in Africa two years of salary to kill an animal, to kill an elephant. Of course they do it. I would do the same probably if you have a family of 10 waiting for you at home. But they became the villain for everyone. And while in the meantime, you have these top traffickers and we call them ghosts because you don't know they exist. You don't know their name. You don't know where they live. So our work is to give a fa- put a face on this ghost and then go after them.
0: One of the cool things your group does, and I know you employ a lot of former, uh, whether it's military or uh, federal. No, mostly
1: mostly intelligence. We employ, yeah, uh, intelligence. Former FBI, former CIA, uh, crime analyst, NGA.
0: So like those type of people and with the access to technology and stuff. And I, I know you can't really talk about specific things, but I find it so fascinating that all the stuff is deployed at your level to try and find these ghosts I, it's just really there's the idea of the undercover work and the undercover buying and selling and the espionage aspect to it but then when you get the like the analyst type stuff and like the the overhead stuff and the photography and video like it's it's crazy how you're able to bring this all together and like put it towards one awesome cause
1: yeah that's so my idea when i started uh, around 10 years ago my in the meantime became an obsession was to create the first intelligence agency for earth you know if you allow me to oversimplify, i wanted to create the first cia for the planet it deserves it needs one intelligence agency and it's different you know doing intelligence is different from law enforcement is dif- is different from short-term investigations intelligence is different intelligence means to become them you know we become traffickers, although we never commit anything illegal, but we we get very close to these people. We stay with these people for months, for years. We got invited to family events and weddings and we go there and we film everything. We capture every single information for a long time. And we capture also information about what these people do legally, because they are masters of of overlapping legal and illegal. There is a reason why they some of the most important wildlife traffickers in the world they also have import export business restaurant hotels yeah. art um, you know exactly so <laughs> exactly so but a good intelligence officer and a good intelligence agency is able to capture all kind of information and then this is our part of our mission we try to produce actionable or usable intelligence that we can share with trusted law enforcement agencies and they can do the rest of the job because this is the ultimate goal of all goal of course and uh, we work uh, a lot with the uh, u.s authorities we collaborate actively with at least uh, three four federal agencies in the u.s um it, in a very intimate way you know to the point that we have right. joint operations and also we help uh, local in other countries local law enforcement for example last year uh, the mexican authorities arrested uh, six people using our information uh, the Bolivian authorities arrested five of the most important Jaguar traffickers in the region using our information. So this is also something that we do, uh, you know, happily, of course, helping law, local law enforcement.
0: The, uh, again, last week, busy week uh, on the yeah. news, Chris Brown, uh, the singer, r artist, he artist, he has this, a couple of pet monkeys or chimpanzees, I believe, and his guy that imports these was arrested because it was... Uh, whatever he did, he illegally trafficked the animal into the United States. He said it was allowed to be in California because he bought it in Nevada. Whatever the story was, it was it was fascinating because he appears to be the type of person that's tied into a bigger network, right, for these ultra-high net worth individuals that, hey, I, I don't care where I'm living. I need you to get me either a, a stuffed Jaguar or a living right. Jaguar, whatever it is. For So as crazy that TMZ headline reads <laughs> – it's crazy that a celebrity is openly doesn't question where that animal's coming from. It's not like a dog or a cat where yes, or a horse or something that's in your country for you to someone to have a jaguar or a chimpanzee like that is it tough for your job where celebrities or people of power who might not I'm not saying Chris Brown's a bad person, nor do he probably understand the process this animal got to him, but when they don't when they plead ignorance to that. Yeah it must be tough because these are the same type of people you're trying to get fundraising from to understand this is a real problem affecting everything.
1: Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and as I always say, if you are, if you're famous and if you have a high, you know, public profile, you have a triple the responsibility to do the right thing and to show the right thing, because right. people are following you. And, uh, so that, and, and the damage that you can do by showing the wrong thing to a lot of people, it's a lot, uh, and maybe they are generally ignorant. Maybe he didn't know. Right. And I'm not saying that, you know. It, it's a but uh, you know, we are in the 21st century. You know, it's not a, you know, <laughs> every. You know, it's you spend the five minutes on the internet, and you probably will find that what you're what you're doing is not right. So it, it's it's not a it's not a lot of effort to understand uh, if you're doing the right thing and if you're breaking any law. Uh, but it happens all the times. It's the it's a, Superficiality is, um, I don't care, I want, an, I want this animal and, uh, or uh, I'm above the law sometimes, you know, because, you know, uh, it's me, um, without knowing that behind this animal that you are getting, dead or alive, there is a long trail of sufferance and, and probably even, and sometimes, uh, bad people. Uh, dangerous groups made money by selling these animals right. to people like you. So you have to be aware of the consequences behind you know, beyond, sorry, beyond the uh, the, the animal itself.
0: In the, the Ivory game, uh, one of the guys he just captured at the end, he has shows no remorse towards his actions, why he did it. Um, and you kind of hinted at the idea that culturally, some of these people, if this elephant or whatever is terrorizing these, this farmer's crop or destroy his other stuff like I can I can kind of see that because it, it paints the full picture culturally why they don't value that elephant They think that elephant's a deer or a coyote for us maybe right But for those same people that you do capture that do show remorse they're like, hey this cartel was threatening my family or I needed a job, are you able have you been found that those type of people are actually helpful in your investigations further to kind of go up the chain of command?
1: Um, usually poachers uh, or illegal fishermen, because we work a lot also on that front, they, usually they are not that useful because they are really at the bottom of the illegal yeah. supply chain. Uh, they are really not connected to anyone important. Uh, there are at least uh, other two people in between them and and, and, and an important buyer, for example. Um, it happens, of course, but that's the reason why we do not work at poaching level. It's too it's too small for us. Um, we our undercover teams and our analysts are tasked. Whatever illegal supply chain we are uh, looking at and we are investigating, I want to know who are the most important people, who are the the guys who run the show, and right. very often are far away, very far away from where the animal is killed. For example, right. Uh, you can kill an elephant uh, in the middle of Tanzania. You can kill a rhino in Kruger National Park. But actually the buyer is yeah. in Nairobi in a luxury hotel and or even, not even in Africa. So we want these people. And, uh, and, and, and by going after these people, we believe we also protect local communities. Uh, because they are um, very often exploited uh, by these people, uh, they are pushed into crime uh, by you know by, by simply by I call it the temptation factor. How can you refuse? I know, you you watch sea of uh, sea of shadows in Baja yes. California, right? So these illegal fishermen usually make. Uh, $500, $600 a month by fishing what they have been fishing all their life, right? Then all of a sudden, one swim bladder of that fish is $5,000. Uh, how can you say no? I mean...
0: You, you you can't. And it's For me, it's tough because I'm not that fisherman. And I'm trying to... What's something comparable to you and I where it's like, hey, you do this job for X amount of dollars, but we're going to pay you this amount. And you're like, well, man, I got to do it. Like, why wouldn't you do it? And it's like, I'm just... I'm just a lowly fisherman. I'll play stupid. I'll it's it, it is the cultural thing for me. It's tough to wrap my head around because I, I do think a lot of these men and women that get pulled into this uh, very low level poaching. I think they're good people. And I think the financial hardship for them is what entices them, obviously, to do it. And it just it's so it is just fascinating because I am not the, I'm not that fisherman. And you're not that fisherman, but what they're doing and what they're part of is very wrong, and it is kind of heartwarming to see people realize what they're doing. Like I, I that's the stuff I, I love seeing. It's like, man, I don't know why I don't know. I'm thinking I'm chasing greed, exactly. and that animal has no idea why it's being hunted. It has no, and we're just supposed to just. It's, it, the whole thing is just fascinating.
1: Yeah, but be, you know, but it, it, you know, again do not sometimes they tell me oh, oh you know it, it happens because you know there's poverty and uh, it, you, all you need is to address poverty and to go to these people to those places right. so first of all is is impossible to offer a good job to everyone okay it's it's not correct uh, it will take another i don't know 50 years or 100 yeah. years to, to get to that point but doesn't matter because criminals do not reason in this way. Here, where I live in Los Angeles, we have an unemployment of, I don't know, 2.63% and still is full of criminals. Why? Because crime is about getting money fast. That is crime, okay, in a very simple terms. And so it's not, easy, it's not enough to simply address poverty of course it helps but big criminal network will always find people willing to so at the same time you work with local communities yes you do advocacy awareness yes you also do anti-poaching yes but anti-poaching just buys time doesn't correct more than that on top of that you really have to go after the big guys the most otherwise you will never ever do anything significant and the bad guys would always be ahead of you
0: one of the things I love about Sea of Shadows is you, the breakdown again of the technology and the, the the history you give of the animals affected by this trade, which is the skull bladder, uh that goes for four four like forty to fifty thousand dollars in some markets.
1: In China, yes.
0: Uh, yes, of the torto, the uh, The Tortuaba. But what I'm curious, after I watch it again, I, I knew I'd add you on here because the nets they use to try and catch them are what actually kill uh, the vaquitas, the other fish. And my question to you is, that type of gear, yes, it's a, I assume it's a legal netting and gear you could buy. There's no laws against it. But why is it allowed to be used? So for me, if I'm using a gear that – if I use a gear for security – and it's detrimental whether to the environment or people why am i allowed to use this gear because it makes my job easier or better if it's affecting other people in a negative way I, i'm just kind of trying to wrap my head yeah. around
1: it in your in your space uh, assuming you want to do something detrimental to other people or or right. illegal, you are surrounded by people who will tell you hey no got it got you it can, you can't do it okay and actually here's the law and here's the policeman waiting for you okay if you do it <laughs> that's in the sea of shadows is Baja California almost lawless three different uh, uh, narco cartels operating in the area they use police cars to move this uh, this swim bladder so uh, the navy was supposed to protect the vaquita the vaquita is the is the now the rarest uh, marine mammal in the world uh, is a small purpose um, now we think there are less than 10 individuals left in the in Baja California, in the Sea of Cortez. They so destroyed, completely destroyed, and and they die as bycatch for this very, very expensive, uh, not even, they don't even want the fish, they want the swim bladders, okay? And then they smuggle to China and and then over there it's sold for 50, 60, 70, even $100,000 a piece. So the money is huge. And uh, so you can't, uh, yes, they should not use these gill nets but they do because it's because it's mexico and it's terrible in my opinion the this is this particular story of the vaquita in my opinion is an epic epic failure of conservation in in about 12 years uh, mexican government american government and, and, and ngos spent more than 100 million dollars to protect this this uh, purpose and um, and is going extinct and, it, and is not going extinct in in the middle of the jungle of congo is going extinct five hours drive from los angeles and this is yeah this is i mean if we cannot protect an animal there so how we can protect uh, you know the rest of the planet
0: for you is it tough when people approach you or say I mean, i'll play devil's advocate here i'll be joe Schmo, whatever Andrea, why does it matter if this fish dies? Or why does this matter if this fish gets eradicated? Or who cares, right? Yeah, That type of thinking, it seems so low level grounding. It's like, why not protect all life if you can't?
1: We do actually, but right. it's, and, in, and in fact, for example, uh, these gill nets used to fish the totoaba and they kill the vaquita. They don't kill actually only the vaquita. They are very super, super, super strong nets, right? right? they kill whales they kill uh, um, sharks they kill turtles they kill seabirds i saw it with my eyes so they're killing machines they actually destroying the marine life in the sea of cortez so the vaquita is became the symbol of what we are doing to the marine life so sometimes you use a as we call it flagship species right something that you can we, we, you know right. helps you to get the, to get the attention of the people but actually you are fighting for the whole Sea of of Cortez, Baja California, this is what we are trying to do. Of course, uh, the world will continue even without the vaquita, of course, I'm the first to say, but that's not, I mean, maybe I'm a bit uh, idealist here, but I was born with a really, really strong uh, desire to protect nature and I I believe that nature uh, has the right to exist regardless what happens to us. And uh, and and I see myself and my team as uh, as guardians for this. You know, we that's our job is to protect nature. And as uh, my good friend Jane Goodall says all the times we are connected to we don't know how we are connected to the vaquita and to and to and to the Sea of Cortez and to the ocean. So sooner or later, we will pay the price for these uh, uh, you know, for all these loss.
0: It is. It is just heartbreaking watching a species of animal get eradicated. And for you guys, especially when you work so close to certain animals, there's some nights where it's like you're on the cusp of losing the animal forever or another 10,000 were killed this month. Are, are there restless nights for you and your team when you're actively obviously trying to stop this from happening, but there's only so much you could do. And it's like, how do you mentally and physically wake up every morning knowing we did our best, but maybe our best wasn't good enough?
1: Well, often, sometimes before coffee in the morning, it, I have a moment of, uh, of oh, wow, well, that's tough. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, to be honest, uh, again, you go back to, at least for me, you go back to how you see nature, right? How you see these animals. For me, it, it's my family. And, and I don't need anything, you know, I fight, you would fight for your family, right? Every right. day. You don't, even, you don't even need hope to fight for your family because you fight for your family, that's it, every day. Uh, and that's how I see myself and my team. We fight, we don't need hope. I actually don't like the concept of hope. I know it's a bit strange to understand, but hope is uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you are giving the responsibility on somebody else. Uh, you know, for example, it, it's it's normal for example these days to give the responsibility to the, the next generation. Well, the next generation will find nothing if we continue like this, right? So, yeah, there, there are moments when you say, "Wow, well, that's that's tough." Maybe we maybe it's not enough what we're doing, but doesn't matter. We we are doing it. Look at what uh, I know. It's a completely different uh, 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 story, but l- look what is happening. In these days in Ukraine, they're yeah. they're fighting for their country no matter what. Right. And I don't know if they have hope or not, but every day they fight, and, and that's that's the spirit,
0: honestly. Right. Do you think there's enough in the mainstream for, in terms of organizations or just even media or television shows? I mean, you know, besides Sea of Shadows or the Ivory Game, there's one or two other ones, not nearly is uh, I don't want to knock them, but you really you really get the picture of what animal trafficking is through both of those documentaries and obviously it's a big part of with earthy international and sea shadows some of the sea shepherd stuff but is there enough out there being done to put this in the mainstream on streaming like netflix or hulu like what else can be done where it's like people need to understand that if it's not earthy international there's another great group out there that is trying to do the same thing
1: well it's Media are very, very important. OK, our I, I, I have to say that, you know, without media, our work would be less effective, of course, especially because we are a small NGO, and usually small NGO produce less noise, so to speak. Let I, I want to be politically correct here, so I we are not in the business of making noise, but, uh, uh, but you do have to make noise sometimes, are super important. In fact, uh, Last year, we closed an agreement with a well-known film production company here in the US, uh, Cross Creek uh, Pictures. Oh, uh, they, nice. did, uh, they did the trial of Chicago 7. They did a lot of great movies. And, and we closed an agreement to produce uh, another documentary series, uh, uh, this time entirely about us, uh, and also a fiction, a scripted inspired by our work. And the attempt, uh, why we are doing it, is because we need to tell the whole story. And right now, we think that the narrative around uh, poaching and trafficking is a a bit obsolete, uh, incomplete. Uh, They focus too much on what is happening on the ground. I understand why, because it's dramatic, it's very visual. The animals die there, I understand. But the problems are not the poachers. The problem are the traffickers. So with this documentary series, uh, that hopefully will start a filming um, in, in in a couple of months, will try to explain the public, and even more with the fiction, as you can imagine with the script, because you reach more people. Uh, okay, this is environmental crime. This is what, it, these are the ghosts. This is convergence with other crimes. This is why it's important to change the way we fight environmental crime. Uh, otherwise we'll always be Boy Scouts compared to these people.
0: I'm glad you brought that up because every time you see uh... Uh, anvil trafficker arrested or poacher stopped whatever. they show the picture of the authorities either over the dead animal with the the, the ivory tusks or horns they have or it's just a picture of the poacher and cuffs whatever. and i think if you don't do enough research on your own you, you think that's the end of the problem and like you said what the ivory that wasn't stopped, or this guy that wasn't arrested, that that stuff that wasn't stopped went somewhere, and the paper trail, and the, the technology and the research and the investigation you have to do now, where how it ends up in these other countries for those meat markets or whatever, that, I, and you're right, it is it is very, every time you see a news headline, oh, poacher arrested, oh, people, oh, they stopped oh, at the, uh, the rhino's still alive, what? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. one rhino in that one park, there's 100 that were killed last week, and all those parts made it out how are we going to stop that
1: and it's and it's funny because we for example we as i said before the, the way we work we get really really close to these big traffickers and we stay with them for for a long time we become friends sometimes uh you know and uh so we're able to discuss about everything really uh, with you know and our my undercover team sometimes i tell them hey ask the guy. For example, in Mexico, about what is okay. happening at sea, or in Africa, what is happening at you know Kruger National Park and poaching and, and rangers, and it's incredible how they really don't care. They just don't care. It's 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 a non problem. If you arrest five poachers of a hundred poachers, they don't care. And. And as you said, we see it on the media and wow, success we arrested hundred poachers. you know it's a big win and it's not it's not right. I assure you, I know it looks like I know, but it's not. And that's the difficult part to ex- to explain and to and to you know to the people, to the audience because it's it's also time to change the way we ap- approach this problem globally and um, and and it's and if you keep focusing on the small fish and if you keep uh, um, calling success something that is not a success then you are you're in deep shape right. you know, then you are going the wrong thing you're doing right
0: in <laughs> terms of treads you see if your team's out there and you're investigating whether it's the jaguar uh the rhino horde or uh, what's that little creature that rolls up you sent me a link to the Paglonia, Anglia. Anglia. Which, that creature is amazing
1: yeah. and
0: so but i didn't realize they're being targeted for different reasons and but when you notice trends like that how often are you catching something before it becomes an issue where this animal ends up on the endangered species list or is it like or is it always the same animals are you kind of realizing like why why are they pushing this animal now like how often do you come across stuff like that
1: well it's 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 a good it's an interesting question so uh so you have to look at this problem at, uh, like a, in, there are illegal supply chains of everything, okay? Yes. Those illegal supply chain go across countries and continents and are usually controlled by just a few people, not many. And, and of course, these big traffickers, because they control the supply chain, because they control airports and seaports, they know whom to bribe at customs, for example. They use these uh, channels, the supply chains to smuggle everything, right? so the pangolin ivory but also drugs and weapons and people so for them it's just a commodity right so um <clears throat> when you for example in uh, um october november last year 2021 we helped the bolivian authorities to arrest uh, five of the most important uh, wildlife traffickers in bolivia and in the region all big jaguar traffickers uh, all uh, um, asian nationals and uh, and uh, so in that case, we literally decapitated Jaguar trafficking in one country. And it's crazy. It's so awesome. then, then, yes, then you do have ripple effects back to, back to the jungle, back to the Amazon, because the buyers and the very people who actually actively, proactively, constantly place orders, I want five Jaguars, I want 10 Jaguars, I want 50 Jaguars, that very person is in jail. And if he's not in jail, is very scared. And that's our work to not only, our work is not necessarily to arrest them all, but to really, really scare them and push them out of nature crime. You can continue to do other crimes, but I will, I want you out of nature crimes. And if, and I keep doing it. So if you, they arrest you and you get out of jail, I will make you arresting again. So I will do it again until you're out
0: what is the process for animals coming in going on and off the endangered species list? Like, I like how often is an animal get off that list?
1: No, usually you're get in the list. You probably <laughs> um, the there is a there is um, an organization called IUCN. Uh, and there is a there is a thing called IUCN red list. And uh, it, you, you know, it's, it's an open, you know, you can you can Google it, and you will find it. And over there, you find uh, uh, every single species on Earth, and they and they um, with with the with the risk, with kind of risk they have, you know, the, the species has in terms of going extinct. So threatened, vulnerable, very vulnerable, endangered. Uh, all you know, uh, and um, almost never they get out of the off the list. They usually gotcha on the list um so yeah
0: and i assume there's some animals though that get on that list not because of poaching they just their species is just there's an issue or like right like
1: the issues are i mean it's i mean the the there's not only trafficking and poaching and wildlife crime there is a, a for example um Degradation of loss of space is a very gotcha. common problem for for many many species. They simply, you know, where, when 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 they when they it's uh, whenever they tell you, oh, now there are too many elephants in Africa in certain areas. The problem is not <laughs> there are too many elephants; is that they're now they're living on an island, so
0: correct, you know, that, there's no more
1: space for them. That's why there are too many. You know, if you put ten elephants in your living room, yes, there are too many elephants, but you know, you understand why it's wrong. Um, so there are many, many reasons. Human uh, human wildlife conflict is a big problem with with some species. Um, climate change, as well, of course, there are many yep. reasons why uh, you know species get on the list. Of course,
0: you mentioned uh, Jade Goodell. Uh, people like her, Jade, and yourself, and there's obviously others. As you get older yourselves. And you've put this this hard earned battle into stopping animal trafficking and saving animals and showing this empathetic sides between humans and animals. Are you ever kind of are are there days for you where you're kind of like, who's the next Andrea? Who's the next Jane? Because I can't keep doing this myself. Now, obviously, you want Earthly International to withstand the test of time, and once you're gone, the next Andrea pops up. But you still need those type of people. In your moving up the chain, you need someone now who's 16 or 17 that can listen to this or watch the Geographic and be like, okay. "I want to be Andrea." So, how important is that for you to kind of help nurture that next person up the chain?
1: Super important. In fact, uh, um, you know the way I work, the way I see my work is exactly that. You know, there is this uh, Olympic sport called uh, called uh, relay relay run, right? You right. You- you 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 are a team of four people and running and you pass the baton to the next one i call i think it's called relay so uh yes. I, i'm i'm this is my job we are we are in a relay run i'm i'm running as fast as i can with my baton and i'm going to give it to someone one day and the fastest i run now the better it would be for this person because you will have more chance to, to, to do something about it uh, and and so this is exactly what you just said. New generation, new people coming on board are super important. Uh, we are a small organization, but very young, uh, and and, and I and I love it. So you know we use uh, uh, U.S. veterans as well. So you know yep. uh, people who spend like thirty years in the FBI, CIA, or NASA, yeah. whatever. But we also use very you know we also you know we also have a lot of young people. Uh, and i always say you conservation and the protection of the environment change you you don't need anymore to be you know, used to be oh wow i need to be in this field so i need to study either biology or natural science or zoology one of those right not anymore we need uh, we need lawyers we need uh, uh, marketing experts we need the crypto expert cyber expert uh, um, so
0: oh wow the, the crypto thing that must be a whole other animal for you guys to kind of to track the financial crimes is paid through bitcoin we call, we we
1: wow. in, in the in the process of our you know in, in during our operation of course we collect a lot of information about money so how they send around money and uh, and in, especially in the past 2 years we saw a significant shift of these people towards crypto um, they like certain kind of cryptocurrency they like stable coins like usdt and they uh, I, I cannot get into details but they use a lot of tricks to you know to um to not to put those for, for example the crypto wallets on their names um and uh, this is all information that we collect process and then share with law enforcement but yes it's a it's a nightmare of course you know now it's, you know, it's they always say follow the money yes in theory it works but then it's believe me it's not it's not easy to follow the money
0: one, and this is probably going to ruffle some feathers. People that know me are going to appreciate it, but yeah. I've always been someone. It's so easy to put a bumper sticker to save the animals. It's so easy to type on social media, hashtag save the animals. If that's all you could do, I, I kind of, okay, I'll accept it. At least you're doing something to promote it, but there's more you could do too. It, like to, 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 just animals in general, for me, I mean, I love the outdoors and, but the other night I had a bat uh, in my house. I captured it years <laughs> ago. I'd be like, "Dude, I don't care. Who cares about bats?" Well, the week <laughs> prior, I actually started doing research on how they affect the environment and the population control of other species and how big they are part of the ecosystem. So I let it go, and he does his thing. And if, if for people from someone like me that don't use pesticides on your lawn. Pick up trash if you're in the ocean. I know with all these face masks on the ground now in the ocean, on the beaches, it's disgusting. Do do a little bit more than just put that save the animals on there because you can. And it's just, it seems like a lot easy way out. Maybe I'm just super like aggravated at more, as individuals, not only towards other humans, because I, I actually prefer animals over humans. Like <laughs> Likewise. Uh, right. I can... There's more as humans we could do to help the animals, and Absolutely. it's I whatever we could do to get that way. I think we'll be better off as humans.
1: Yes, and also, don't forget we have uh, we in our bubble we live in you know in in rich countries in the West and uh, and we have a job uh, we have, hopefully I mean we have you know we are so we cannot always remember that there are billions of people around the world that barely have enough to get to the end to the end of the month okay they have to walk for five miles just to get water every day okay so we cannot put on them the responsibility to to do the right thing because they are barely surviving so it's it means that we have more responsibility to do the right thing it's even more is a moral obligation to do the right thing to 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 differentiate garbage to uh, save water to do the right thing as you just said because we are the, you know, the rich people, uh, and I underline, yes, we are rich, and doesn't matter, right. if, doesn't matter what you know. Compared to these people, we are rich, and so we have more responsibility, and we have to accept this responsibility. Uh, and it's, and if you if you don't do that, if you just don't care, is ethically and morally disgusting, really wrong. Yes, you know, we don't need you, honestly.
0: In terms of you guys, and by you, I mean, Earthing International, the recruiting process, how do you engage? Obviously, there's a lot of word of mouth, whether you're FBI or CIA or someone that has been working with you. And the couple of the guys you show in uh, Sea of Shadows are awesome. Like that one scene with a drone above your head and the guy's like, we got to get out of here. Uh is that your best type of recruitment to get people involved with Earthing International? In terms of, hey, I've been here a couple of years. You're gonna love this. It's Intel. It's all this stuff, but we're saving animals, and there's less uh, ego here. There's less politics in a sense. Like we can do a really good thing here. Is that the number one recruiting tool for you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, we have to be very, very cautious. We 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 process very delicate information including information about um, important criminal networks. So we always, uh, um, you know, infiltration is an issue for us. We never, never happen. We are very, very careful. We have a whole system, uh, a secure system to exchange our information online. That is not the regular system. We use uh, special apps um, and also the recruitment process, as you can imagine, is mostly Word of mouth, especially the the team, the operation team. Um, so you know, we, we need a lot of references. We need to we need to know well a bunch of people who know you well. Um, then, of course, we also recruit young people. You know, we have. Uh, I mean, our uh, our senior uh, crime analyst. Uh, um, her name is Chiara, and uh, she's twenty eight, and she's. Awesome. Uh, and she's one of the most important persons in my uh, my organization because she's she helps us to understand what we get from the field, right? Um, so yeah, so but but again, we have to we have to be very cautious because you know um, um, they try to they they try to get. Uh, Uh, in our organization to simply to understand what we're doing and that's that's it could be a problem
0: how easy is it for a like have you had an audience yet with the senate or like a house of congress the united states or other world leaders or their parliament or people to get them actively engaged in this from from a political standpoint is it tough to get that audience because there's so much other stuff going on in the world that this just gets put on the back burner
1: yeah, especially the past two, three years. You can imagine first a pandemic, now a war. So it's it's getting is really it's difficult. But there's always audience, and also especially because we, because we combine, we we work under this umbrella of convergence. So we combine different problems at the same time. So our um, our confidential briefs are contain a lot of information, of course, on wildlife trafficking, but also about money laundering and human smuggling and and crime in general so we always have uh, um, an audience for that Um, we collaborate with a bunch of people in washington dc and and we have a lot of a lot going on the the problem for us sometimes also especially you know uh, when for example for fundraising is that we we are able to share maybe 40 50 percent of what we do the the rest it's right can't it's, it's simply too delicate. There are people who know exactly what well, you know. Our most important donors and also our partners—they know it all, of course. But with the public, it gets. For example, this year, sorry, 2021, uh, we start working in the U.S. as well. So we we did uh, three undercover operations in the U.S. Uh, with the U.S. government uh, federal agencies, and we cannot talk about it. And that right, uh, right. That makes my my you know. <laughs> Makes it even more difficult to to talk to people and to and to raise the fund that you need. But it it is what it is. You know, certain. You know, the intelligence means also be mindful of the information that you process and you cannot.
0: Share. In terms of in terms of that information, whether it's a, another three letter agency or whatever, or a group like Sea uh, Shepherd, are there other groups out there besides like Sea Shepherd that? Do what they do to a specific for a specific animal or cause, and, and many
1: groups, of course.
0: Okay, but I guess I guess my question is: there
1: are, I mean, there are, there
0: are many many groups
1: of sea shepherds, a great organization, but they are into the, the they are into anti poaching, so poaching and anti poaching. Gotcha. At sea, whatever, but it's it's still yes removal of the nets and going after illegal fishermen. So there are many organizations in the world in operating in the space of anti poaching either at sea or uh, on land. Of course, the concept is the same. Uh, There are only three organizations in the world uh, operating in uh, doing what we do. And I co-funded two of these three. So this gives you the problem as well. Okay, again, I'm not saying don't do anti-poaching. Of course you have to do Anti-poaching. Yeah, it's,
0: it's part of it. It's part, part of, of, of
1: the. Th- it's part of the approach, but at the same time, if you also don't do serious anti-trafficking, serious intelligence-gathering operation, uh, you're just delaying the inevitable. That's it. And that. And, it, uh,
0: it seems like those those anti-poaching groups, which are great, like do your job. But when you stop something like that, how inclined do they to reach out to you guys? Hey, we stop this. We've noticed some trends here. The last two rests we've made. You might want to put this in your file or send an investigator down here to kind of like how I I would hope that groups are know what Earth League is or a group like yourself that are able to if they notice trends they're taking notes and kind of be like, hey, let's maybe pass this information along because. We could delay, like you said, but they're going to be able to stop this guy, this art dealer in Chicago, who's buying these hearts and right. ivory tops. Like, How inclined are they to reach out to groups like you?
1: Not much. Honest. There is there is very little collaboration wow. among NGOs and for various reasons. And it's uh, you know we, we can talk three hours only about this. Right. We tried, of course. We try. It's not that we don't try. But we try. Uh, but it's, um, it's difficult. Either sometimes the information that they have are... Um, honestly, for us, too too simple too 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 close to the ground. they right. don't they don't have significant intelligence value on the international supply chain, right? right. Um, you know, something's happening in San Felipe, Baja California, and it's a long way to the top guy in Singapore, for example. you can imagine how many passages are in between right. you have to uncover. But very often, unfortunately, that's a in my opinion,, a, one of the most important problems we have in in our space and a liability for nature and for earth is the lack of collaboration among uh, uh, environmental NGOs Uh, they are all uh, they tend to be very territorial Um, there's also of course an issue of money so they don't simply by working with you they might expose you to their donors and that's a no-no uh, and, uh, and 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 I, I ultimately, I think I said it many times. The responsibility falls on the donors because you know, I before doing what I'm doing now, I spent 20 years in the high tech uh, all over the world, uh, yeah. and and uh, the investors in the high tech are often really smart people uh, that know exactly where to put the money and how, and 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 they know very well how to make companies working together and merging and acquisition. Um, in this space, I, I don't see this, I, no. I, the donors are often, you know, not so informed about what should be, should be done. Right. Um, not willing to bet on, on, on new organizations, for example. And it, it, it's a very, as you can imagine, it's a very emotionally driven. Yes. Space, okay, everything. Uh, I always joke around, and 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 now I'm, you know, i I know, I, know I, I will get my list of enemies will get uh, longer. Doesn't matter. Uh, I live in Los Angeles. You know, you go around in Los Angeles, uh, try to raise funding. You know, if you go around uh, and you show a picture of a baby elephant, uh, you you raise three million dollars in in a night, on a night, in a night, okay? If you go around and see, hey, look, I have a patrol of rangers killing poachers and I need your money, you will get your money. But if, when I go around and start talking about international supply chains and convergence and big traffickers, it's too much. It's simply too much. And also not really emotionally, they need emotionally charged stuff, you know, they need to feel good. Oh my God, I just, rescue a baby elephant and again don't get me wrong of course you have Always. to rescue baby elephants i'm not saying don't do it but i'm in the business of producing less baby orphans elephants right so right do also that you cannot keep rescuing and rescue it's like human trafficking or sex trafficking okay it's okay to rescue the victim of course but then you also have to go after the yeah, guy the guy otherwise he will do it again and again and again so this is the challenge in uh, when I explain what we do.
0: I find that funny that there'll be a millionaires there at a steak dinner, whatever, and I'll give a million dollars, but only to the elephants and the giraffes. Like what's that little thing? What's little thing balled up or what gallbladder? Nah, I want to go around. Uh, uh, animals are let's save all the animals. It's like if I have a million dollars and if I if I win the mega bucks, all that, my first thoughts, Earth think, International, I go save as many animals as you can. I don't need, yes, I love, I want to live with a baby elephant or a baby giraffe, I want to hug them and kiss them, but use my body to save all the animals, because I think if you save one, you're going to help save the others too.
1: Absolutely, and I'm trying to explain to these people that our approach to go to the top has an impact on many different species at the same time, because that guy, our target, is into ivory trafficking, rhino trafficking, Pangolin trafficking, Jaguar trafficking, all of them. So by going after a specific person and a specific network, you're, also, you're actually having an impact on many different species at the same time. And that's the part of the narrative at the moment that is still missing. Right. It's not understood, fully understood by the public.
0: Now, Earth League obviously, International has the website. They've got all the social media with updated information, uh, a lot of quotes, a lot of news stories. I know you just released something you did with LifeGate, which is an awesome article about you talking to the information, the technology, and the yep. uh, networking. In terms of people that want to reach out or maybe uh, is there publications or like if people want to read a book or something, do you have stuff like supplies like that that people can tangibly either hand out? uh or just kind of like leave at a desk or a library somewhere for people to kind of read and stuff oh
1: there are a few actually let me see if i have uh, i think i have it here somewhere um well first first of all you can uh, subscribe to our um, newsletter yes
0: uh,
1: on our website and we every month we try to publish something interesting uh for example last month we published uh, um, uh something about we try to explain what convergence is. Yep. Um, on our website, you, you also find uh, online, uh, um, we produce a lot of confidential reports for law enforcement, but we also produce public reports um, and are really good, deep, You know, even probably too big uh, reports about what, what we do, so about rhino, about elephant uh, ivory, about totoaba and the vaquita in the Sea of Cortez. We are working, actually, on a very uh, what, probably our most important report so far uh, will be published in uh, in a couple of months, and is exact is, and is about what we discussed today, how environmental crimes are linked to other crimes. Um, so I invite you to you guys follow us to you know I will uh, to awesome. We'll be- we'll be able to discuss this report together because it, it, I think, will be eye-opening, honestly. No,
0: it's awesome. Well, I know you mentioned the documentary or the film series potentially coming out and getting put together. Yeah. Any other things going on in your world uh, that you want to share with us? Have you Have you thought about writing a book? Just, just you, about how you went yeah. from 20 years of the crazy cyber stuff to what you're doing now. I think it's a very fascinating yeah. story.
1: Yeah, no, of course. As a matter of fact, I. My next call is with is when, is, one, uh, is one is with a publisher, so he's right on, and I'm getting a few requests, and I'm just uh, uh it's you know my problem is that it, it requires a lot of time to yes uh, it does, and I and I'm juggling so many things at the same time, at, at the moment, um you know we're we're beginning a new operation in new long term operation in Costa Rica one in Colombia uh, with awesome. Mexico so we have so a lot going on. But yes, sooner or later uh, I will do it. And uh, yeah, absolutely.
0: (laughs) Uh, Before I go, you just mentioned like there's different operations. Obviously that stuff is uh, information-wise protected. Like there's a whole network you do to preserve what you're finding. But I kind of picture you see at the head of a table every month and like all these people present together. Like, is that how that works? Where you know everything every week or every day, like what's going on with each operation?
1: Yes. Yes, uh, but things are getting bigger and bigger. So I, I, I <laughs> thank God I have, you know, my right arm, uh, Mark Davis. Uh, you saw it, you saw yes. it. Uh, so 20, 28 years with the FBI and the CIA, he's our head of intelligence. So he's supervising all this, not only the operations uh, that we carry just us, but also the one that we have in collaboration, for example, with the US government. Um, it's a lot of work. And my analyst chiara and uh, yep. and her colleague knows more than me uh, so sometimes uh, by law enforcement i I'm, I'm asked oh what about this guy and i said oh, wait a second i i don't know who's this guy let me ask my analyst because they will tell me the whole story family history of this guy so we we got already to that point so i cannot follow every single bit yeah. Um, but uh, I would like to do more, of course, unfortunately, my job is uh, sometimes, um, for example, uh, you know, fundraising is, is yeah. part of my job I, I hate is the worst part of my work. I actually suck at fundraising, but I have to do it. So I would love to be more involved with my team now. Uh, maybe, maybe one day I'll, I'll be, you know, right. would be working more with them, but now it's, it's complicated.
0: Well, uh, this has been awesome once again to have you on here, Andrea. I wish you success. I wish Earth International success and uh, look forward to having you on here in the future again.
1: Thank you very much for having me. Always a awesome. pleasure. Thank
0: you. How's it going, everyone? John here, the host of Spear Talk. You might not know this, but before I record an episode, I like to break a sweat. And I do that using the chop fit. Over the course of the past year, the Chopfin has allowed me to lose weight, tone up my body, and feel even more amazing about myself. A feeling that you should all feel about yourselves as well. If you use this code, SPEARCHOP10, you get $10 off your order. Once again, use code SPEARCHOP10 for $10 off your Chopfin order, it'll change your life. Thank you.